guys, welcome to the Seven Figure Box Show. My name is Andrew Frezza, and in today's episode, we're gonna be talking about how to analyze programming. And this is something that is a skill set I'd like for all coaches and owners to have out there. And this is true for regardless of whether you're a CrossFit gym, a functional fitness gym, boot camp, Orange Theory, it really doesn't matter. You need to be able to analyze the programming at your gym so you can decide how to make it better, where it can be improved, or if it's already great, and what things are great about it. And basically what, what I'm trying to have you guys do is be able to look at a week of workouts at your gym and instead of saying, oh, I like those workouts or I don't like those workouts, giving you all these finer details of how you can analyze what's actually happening behind the scenes in those workouts rather than just being able to take those workouts at face value. And hopefully at the end of this episode, you guys will be able to look at a week of workouts and rather than looking at it and it looks like a black and white kind of blurry old television from the 1950s, it now looks like a high definition 4K screen where you're seeing all these little details that you never noticed before. Okay, so I'm gonna break down how I would break down a week of programming and all the questions that I'm asking myself and my coaches as I analyze a week of programming because that's actually my role at our gym now or one of the roles that I have at our gym now is I don't actually do the programming anymore but I'm in both of our weekly programming meetings for both of our beach fit and our FTX side. So usually those meetings run about 75 to 90 minutes. We're analyzing all the programming that's there. We're making adjustments. We're adding new workouts, taking stuff away, whatever we need to do to make sure that we have a great cohesive week of workouts at the end of it. And this is all the questions that I'm gonna be asking of myself and of them throughout that hour long meeting to make sure that we get the best product possible. So the first thing that we're gonna look at or I look at when I, I look at a week of workouts is probably the first thing that jumps out to me is gonna be the movement patterns of that week. What are the primary movement patterns on each day? Um, what's the volume of those movement patterns on each day? And then how does that balance out with the rest of the days around it and the week as a whole, okay? And just the basic movement patterns that you guys should all be looking at is lower body hinging, lower body squatting, upper body push, upper body pull, and then I'll typically look at like core and carry movements and any type of like cardio movement as well. And I'll just kind of bucket those things within those broad categories. And you can get way more specific than that for like a lower body squat, you can look at single leg versus bilateral squats. For upper body pushing and pulling, you could look at vertical pulling like a pull up or a rope climb versus horizontal pulling like a ring row. We can break it down further, but the main thing is we wanna look at how much are we using certain movement patterns and how much are we overtaxing potentially certain muscle groups, okay? And we're making sure that we have a balanced week. So if we have a heavy hinging day with deadlifts and kettlebell swings, making sure that we don't have a ton of hinging on the day before or the day after, or maybe just the week in its entirety. So starting with the movement patterns is, is the place that I usually jump to first and look for any type of glaring holes in the week. The second big place that I'll look is gonna be time domains, okay? Are we uh, primarily staying in one time domain? Do we have a large variety of time domains? And for us, we have special things that we're looking at for each of our given programs, and it's different. It's different for FTX than it is for BeachFit, and I break that down a few episodes ago when I talk about the programming differences between those two programs. 
So the point is not to say that your time domains have to look a certain way. The point is that whatever you define, you want the time domains of your given program to look like, making sure that the time domains that you now have programmed for your upcoming week match with what you've defined. So for us in FTX, we wanna go past 30 minutes at least once a week. We wanna have one workout in that 20 to 30 minute range. The majority of our workouts are between 10 and 20 minutes. And then we wanna have one workout that's less than 10 minutes, more of that sprint style workout. So I'm gonna make sure that we have those balance of time domains and where can we tweak things to make sure that we're hitting all of those different spots and there's sort of no stone left unturned. And sometimes we'll go into a week and a week looks balanced and then we'll analyze the different days and we'll go, you know what, we got three days in a row that look like they're probably gonna be about 15 minutes a piece on the workout. How can we make Tuesday a little bit shorter so it, it falls into more of that 12 minute range? How can we make Thursday a little bit longer so it's more in that 18 to 19 minute range? And then Wednesday is gonna stay in that more 15 minute sweet spot. So we have a little bit more of that variety and stimulus. The other thing that is gonna go along with those time domains is really the intensities and the energy systems that come with those time domains. So I'm gonna be asking, okay, do we have a balance of aerobic and anaerobic days? You know, another way to think of this is do we have a balance of workouts that are kind of straight through or interval style workouts with rest built in? Do we have at least a day, at least one day in the week that's more strength or sprint focused and has a good amount of rest? And do we have a balance of different work to rest ratios? So if we have multiple inter interval workouts with uh, throughout the week, which we like interval style workouts, are they different work to rest ratios, right? So a three, on, a three minute on, one minute off work to rest is gonna be a three to one work to rest ratio. Whereas if we have a two on, two off, now we're talking a one to one work to rest ratio. So even if the times are different, you might have four on, four off, two on, two off, that's still a one to one work to rest ratio. So getting different uh, stimulus that way is really key to workouts feeling different for the you know your clients. Another big thing we're gonna look at is things like volumes, loads, okay? These are really important to understand how much you're gonna be taxing your clients, okay? So volume is really the quantity of what you're doing. How many repetitions are you doing on a given day, right? So I brought up the example earlier of a hinge focus day that has deadlift and kettlebell swings. And yes, that would be a hinge focused day if it has those two movements, but it really depends on the volume of those movements. If you have 20 deadlifts and 40 kettlebell swings, it's probably not a huge amount unless those things are super, super heavy, but that's still not really a volume day, even though it's, it's definitely gonna be taxing if those uh, number of repetitions are for a really heavy weight. But if we have a day with 100 deadlifts and 200 kettlebell swings, then that's a massive volume of hinging. And we have to be really careful about how we attack hinging the rest of the week based on those numbers. So it's really important not just to look at what movement patterns are there, but what quantities of those movement patterns are there. And then when we're talking about loading, what ratio of those days are light versus moderate versus heavy? 
And this is relative to the client. So, um, but each day should have the same stimulus, right? If you have a day in the gym that you want to be a heavy day, then that day should be relatively heavy for everyone, even if what one person's doing might not look heavy to another person. And we wanna make sure that we're balanced. That's at least how, how we want our programming. For other people, they might never wanna go heavy and they might wanna stay more in that lighter to moderate range because they're looking to get that good aerobic, sweaty type of day. If you're more of a powerlifting gym, you wanna do the more majority of your days heavy and you're gonna have a lot less light and moderate days. So just again, understanding how, what's there and how does that apply to how we've positioned our gym and how we want our programming to fit into our branding and positioning of our gym. Another thing that we look at is skills, all right? Do we have enough skills in any given day or do some days have too many skills and then how does that affect like the lesson plan, right? So if you have muscle ups and snatches and toes to bar and Turkish get-ups in the same day, and you have a lot of these higher skilled movements, you as a coach are not gonna be able to give any one movement its due time, its focus, and you're probably gonna end up with a day where people are moving really poorly, and it's very tough to make any substantial change from a coaching perspective on those days. Um, and then another day you might have, like in our FTX side, we wanna be mindful that we don't go two, three days in a row without any higher skill movements because a lot of people uh, want that in FTX. That's our CrossFit style class where they wanna have those higher skill movements and we wanna have them there too because it makes those days more fun to coach, keeps our coaches involved and engaged and it allows us room for improvement. So just paying attention to how many high skill movements do I have in that day and for us in our FTX side, we like one to two high skill movements a day that we can kind of make the focus of that given day. Another thing that we look at is benchmarks, right? I think every gym out there should have ways to benchmark progress and allow people to see that progress and transformation over time on the performance side. For us, we found that the perfect cadence is about once a week. We have one benchmark or strength uh, retest a week and we kind of leave it at that. So every week our clients have an opportunity to see how they've improved but we're not overdoing benchmarks where people are gonna get burnt out or get hurt because they're constantly retesting themselves every single day. Movement variety is another one. So one of the questions that I'll ask before we program, and when I was doing the program, I would ask this question before I started is, what's a movement that we haven't done in a while that would be really cool to incorporate this week? And I'm trying to think of the less commonly used movements like a wall ball, a box jump, a burpee, a deadlift, those things are gonna show up often enough that we don't even really have to think about those movements. But when it comes to something like a Turkish getup or a sled drag or um, something with a med ball, like a core movement or like a body saw, something that's a little bit more rare, we have to kind of remember those movements and think about those movements. So I'll first ask myself, okay, well, what's a movement we haven't done in a while? And what's a fun format that we can incorporate that movement that's not gonna make the programming feel watered down or gimmicky or anything like that? And, and trying to think about those cool ways to incorporate new movements so that way when you do incorporate the common things like the box jumps and the burpees and all these other things that we're used to doing every week, it doesn't feel stale. It doesn't feel like we're doing the same thing every single day. And with movement variety, do we have a balance of different movements? So do we have a balance of tempo movements versus non-tempo movements? Do we have a balance of unilateral versus bilateral movements? 
Do we have a balance of barbell movements versus no barbell movements? Do we have a balance of weightlifting and body weight and cardio type of movements? Okay, and when we look at our cardio type of movements, are we using all the different versions of cardio out there? Do we have, you know, at least a day or two where we're doing rowing and biking and skiing and running and jump rope this week? Or are we doing rowing three days this week, but not even biking at all? And where can we balance that out through the week? The other big piece for variety that we look at is workout formats. And this is something where a little creativity can really go a long way. I think it's our one of our jobs as a programmer to keep it fun for our clients. And I think variety, more often than not, that is one of those elements that makes things fun. When people can look at a workout and it looks a little bit different, or it kind of has a different kind of approach or gamified aspect to it, it re-engages the client, it allows them to get excited to show up, and I think the majority of our clients like seeing different formats in that sense. So different formats like an AMRAP versus a for time, intervals versus straight through, do we have some EMOMs in there, do we have some descending reps or ascending reps, do we have some couplets, some triplets, some four movement workouts, some chippers, right? All these different workouts, partner or team workouts is another example. All these different workout formats and variety can give each day a different feel, even though, like I said, the movement patterns might be similar, um, the actual exercises themselves might be the same as a different day, but you found different ways to change it up and change the feel of that workout. Another big mistake that I see with programming is rep ratios, okay? This is something that will really affect the effectiveness of your workout dramatically okay so what those rep ratios what i'm talking about with with that is what is the rep range of one movement as it compares to another movement okay so if let's take a movement by itself all right 10 handstand push-ups is 10 handstand push-ups a hard number well it depends on the person but as a general rule 10 handstand push-ups is not a crazy amount 50 handstand push-ups is a good amount it's a lot of handstand push-ups okay so if you have a chipper workout that has 10 handstand push-ups in it, it's not very many. If you have 50, that's a lot, right? Or if you have five rounds of 10 handstand push-ups, you still end up at 50, but it might not be all things equal unless we look at the rest of that workout, okay? So if we go 10 handstand push-ups, and then the next movement is 20 push press, now those handstand push-ups sound like a lot more. Whereas if we go 10 handstand push-ups into 20 sit-ups, that seems like a more balanced approach. Okay, so what we're talking about here is making sure that the workout makes sense. And what I see where people mess this up is they get so caught up in the way a workout looks and the design of it that they forget to value these rep ratios. Okay, so they might do a workout like 2159 and they're trying to fit in this box of 2159 and that's bar muscle ups, burpees and double unders are the three movements that they choose. This would be a really bad example of dialing in your rep ratios because 2159 is 45 reps of each 45 bar muscle ups is a crap ton for a lot of people 45 burpees is like a good amount for most workouts like it's a good hard sprint kind of number for a lot of people 45 double unders is nothing there's no point of even putting double unders in the workout for most people if you're only going to do 45 of them so basically that 2159 workout of bar muscle ups burpees and double unders is basically just a bar muscle up workout and the burpees and double unders are just kind of there for no reason. And I think it's very silly to do that. I mean, maybe in a 
CrossFit game setting, you could program a workout like that where you really want to test people's gymnastics. But I don't see that having any type of purpose with our everyday athletes. You want to have more balance in your workouts and you want to make your rep ratios a lot more balanced. So an easy way to switch that workout would be, okay, instead of 21-59 of all three of those movements, put the double unders as the 21, put the burpees as the 15, and then put the bar muscle-ups as the nine. And instead of doing 21 of each, 15 of each, nine of each, do three rounds for time of 21 double unders, 15 burpees, nine bar muscle-ups. And even then I would look at that and go, that's still kind of not really the right rep ranges. I would go 50 double unders, 15 or 20 burpees, and five to 10 bar muscle-ups and pick your rep ranges more on that where you're doing now 150 dubs, or 40 to 60 burpees, and somewhere between you know, 15 and 30 bar muscle-ups in that workout. That's gonna be a much more balanced rep range than what I originally presented. And then always, I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna do kind of a stimulus check with our, our um, programming. And what I mean by that is when I look at a workout, I'm gonna do in my head, first of all, how long will I think this workout take me to go through? What weight do I think I would use for this workout? How much time would I spend on each individual movement? I wanna run through that movement, that workout for me even though I don't expect every athlete out there to be like me, I just find that it's the best way for me to gauge how long something will take. And then once I have an idea of, okay, if I ran through it in my head, I think it would take me this much, it's easy for me to project what other athletes are out there that are not like me able to do on that given workout. Once I have an idea of that, that's gonna affect things like time caps and rep ranges and all that. But I'm also gonna ask, okay, well, what do I think our fastest athletes would do on this, okay? So if we have a running workout, I'm gonna think about the fastest runner in our gym. I'm gonna say, okay, well, what is that fastest runner gonna get? And then think about the slowest runner in our gym. What is the slowest runner gonna get in that workout? And where there's disparity in those people, there's room for you to make adjustments in your programming because disparity, what that means, means that your fastest person and your slowest person are getting the different stimulus on that day. And it's really important that we start to close the gap on that stimulus between the fastest and slowest person and don't just make it where, okay, well, we program for our top you know, 30% of athletes and then we just expect our bottom athletes to kind of uh, scale things appropriately or just kind of do their best and then once they get time capped, they're done. I think it's important that we, again, bring that together a little bit more because we want our... We want everyone to get the same stimulus on any given day, okay? And what that typically will mean on a running day is for us, we're gonna have advanced options on the run. Or what we might do is say, okay, for sport or advanced, you're gonna do a fourth round of something, okay? So if a running day is like three rounds for time, 400 meter run, 15 box jumps, 15 deadlifts, we might say, okay, advanced runners are gonna do a 500 meter run each round. Or we might say, okay, the time cap is 13 minutes. Advanced people are going to do a fourth round if they're done with their first three rounds in under nine minutes, all right? So we're giving these ways to make the stimulus closer together. And it's really important that you do those things because as your better athletes get better, you want them to be challenged but not just challenged to the point that they're going faster and getting a different stimulus, but they're getting the same stimulus and being challenged within that, um, that box that you're kind of setting that given day, what you want the expectation to be.
And I'll add one little thing to that, which is you want to do the same thing for men versus women, where any movements that really favor men, maybe like a strict handstand push-up or pull-up, or like a calorie row or calorie bike, you have little adjustments to your reps that make sure that most of your women are going to get a close stimulus to what your men get. And then the final thing that we look at, really small thing, but can be a big thing, is staging and logistics. And I just wanna make sure that with every workout that we program, it's gonna work effectively from a staging and logistics perspective. Do we have enough room on the pull-up bar for everyone? Do we have enough rowers for everyone? Do we have enough space if we do stations to do everything? And just making sure that things are gonna work logistically. And if something's not gonna work for your biggest class, it's not gonna work. You gotta find a way to make it work we're not just going to say, oh, well, they'll find a way to kind of to, to work around it and make it work, but it's a good workout and I don't want to change it. No, you make those adjustments, um, get everyone as close to possible, getting the same workout from your first class of the day to your last class of the day. So hopefully these questions, again, allow you to answer these questions and have a deeper look at your programming, regardless of whether you're doing CrossFit or boot camp or orange theory or whatever it is, these questions should still apply. You should be able to still analyzing, analyze the programming from a backend perspective and start to see your programming in a more detailed and refined way. If you guys have any questions, as always, feel free to reach out. Andrew at fittown.com. We'll see you on the next one. Whoa.